another truth it is good morning good evening and good night i hope y'all are doing fine this is jimmy sam from another truth i'm doing great oh i hope y'all are living the dream out there uh speaking of dreams i've been playing that weird game with my buddy jared that video game called green hell and we forgot to mention how leeches are always involved <laughs> You always got to check your uh, avatar for leeches. And the other night I had the wildest dream of leech upon leech. Um, whatever doing. They're just picking them off my skin and just piled on top of each other all over me. Oh, it was so disgusting. But it was great. I love nightmares. It wasn't really too much of a nightmare, but I do love them because they're like a free movie. <laughs> I always thought that was pretty fun. So I, I, I invite the nightmares. Oh my god. Well, uh, hopefully by this time you guys listened to the last episode uh, called Reverse Panda with my buddies uh, Jason Sears, Brian Blue, and Jeffrey Schiltz. Oh, and uh, if you made it through that, you're a hell of a trooper. <laughs> yeah, but this week we're going to be uh, talking to Matt Harding. I know him through Facebook, and he seems... Super interesting to me. I know he's into horror films. He's a teacher. He always seems to be out and about doing something. Very positive energy I get from uh, the Facebook vibes. Is that anything to tell what a person is? But uh, yeah, I wanted to get him to know, get to know him more. So he agreed to do a podcast with me. So get ready for that here in a little bit. Oh, also, people have been asking about the intro. That is from Jeffrey Schiltz, believe it or not, after listening to that last podcast, that uh, little genius does the intros and makes me sound a whole lot cooler than I am. But uh, he always puts together a lot of his own stuff. I, that's uh, He did that from top to bottom, just like Jason does all of his own songs all by himself. There are a couple of little Wolfgangs, and they're great. Oh, let me see. Oh, yeah, and... Uh, the party, Jim and Marvo's Halloween bash, that's going to be delayed. Uh, we're not sure yet. It was my fault. Some conflicting Halloween shit. I thought in my town it was going to be on the 31st, but instead it was on the 29th. I don't know why you can't do Halloween on Halloween. It's very fucking weird. So we're going to push that back and figure something else out, and we'll keep you up to date on that. Love you, Marvo. You're the best. Sorry again. That was all my, uh, my bad. Uh, the other day I was looking at, uh, what was it? Oh, I just like every day I like to check out what's trending on Google just to see, you know, the, <laughs> how the world's looking at shit right now. And this one really caught me off guard. It was trending on Google, the top two. Uh, first, of course, how to survive nuclear war. Very happy. So I'm like, wow, that's a, you know, obviously we're all kind of in the back of our mind, maybe thinking that might be a thing someday. I'm praying to God not. But, and the next one that brought me right back to, hey, we're in America, was uh, the Taco Bell Enchirito discontinued. <laughs> That's the top two trending searches on Google. <laughs> Good googly moogly. We are fucking weird chimps, aren't we? Uh, but yeah, anyway... I think that's all I got to say. Uh, yeah, I'm back to work full time. Leg is feeling great. Been able to uh, do some cardio, start working out again. Lose my woe is me weight. It took me a couple uh, months to gain and keep going from there. Hopefully it's going to be a great little winner here. I got my buddy uh, Mike from here in Iowa. He agreed to help me with the, uh, the uh, kitchen videos and stuff like that. So... We're going to start us up a little production company out here, I do believe. That's all I ever really ever need is help and from good people that I trust, and he's definitely one of them. Oh, uh, what else? My Lord. Well, hey, let's get to know uh, the mighty Matt Harding together. Here we go. Hello. Hello, Matt. This is Jimmy Sam. How you doing? Hey, what's up, buddy? You are prompt, dude. You are like right on 10 o'clock. <laughs> you said 10. You meant 10. So, all right. Oh, man. <laughs> Very I, cool. Well, I really appreciate your time. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Not a problem. Let me put you on speakerphone. It'll be easier for me real quickly. All right. 
I'll make sure the audio on my side's okay with that. Sometimes speaker doesn't come through too well, but we'll check right. it out. Oh. Can you hear me okay? If not, I'll switch back. No, you sound good. You got a strong, okay. strong young signal. <laughs> I wish I was a strong young man still, you know, pushing uh, 45 here, you know, it's a little difficult to say strong and young in the same breath. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing fine, man. You seem to keep very busy, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah. I always say I'm like a shark. If I stop swimming, I die. So. All right, dude. I love yeah, people like sure. you. That just makes Absolutely. me so happy. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good, man. But well, yeah, good. I basically only know you through uh, Facebook a little bit. And uh, my buddy Jared uh, told me yeah. he used to hang with you back in the day. Um, yeah. What's been going yeah. on, man? Are you, you said you're in uh, Hinkley right now? Yeah, I, I live in Hinkley. I came, came out to Hinkley probably, let's see, my daughter is 14. She's almost 15. Next week she'll be 15. So uh, I came out here probably 11 years ago or so. Okay. Um, and b- before that, I was. Yorkville. I graduated from Yorkville. So back then, early nineties, you know, punk rock movies, some metal scene was going on back then. So like, I think we know each other from some of the same kind of bands and stuff that used to play back in the nineties. I'm trying to think of the shows that, you know, Thirsty Whale was around back then. And excellent. I'm trying to Try to think what else is back. I know like the Sandwich Sportsman's Club used to have uh, quite a few shows that would have some of the like local bands and stuff. Yeah, that's the um, ones uh, but, we put on back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I mean, I knew everybody from back then. We had a farmhouse party house um, yes. when, I was going through, when I was going through college and we had uh, bands playing up in there. Um, so I caught a first penny back yeah, in the day. Okay. Uh, what what yeah, bands it, were you in? I was never in any band. No, I okay. never. Uh, no, I was never musically talented enough. I uh, I sang for a little bit just in this little punk band called the the Pinups. Okay. Um, and it was uh, I just pretty much did Misfits covers and some Ramones covers. Fantastic. Um, but I never was musically talented enough. I couldn't carry a tune. I could scream. <laughs> I could yell. I could be. I could be angry about stuff. But um, <laughs> then uh, yes, you were a singer. Couple, yeah. <laughs> that, that was for a couple shows, just filling in. Oh, that's um, fun. When nobody could show up. Um, but I'm trying to think some other bands, man, like Erebus from Aurora, like crusty punk band. Okay. Um, they would come and play. Um, Were you familiar Slick- with uh, Nickel Brains or anything like that? No, I, okay. I've never heard Nickel Brains. Okay. Uh, Slick McFavorite was out there. Of course, like Uncle Scam was like Jake Olson's old band. Oh, beautiful. Um, Bam, I haven't heard yes. that in a long time. Yeah. Wow. Sad Eyed awesome. Angel. With yes, Sad the Eyed boys. Angel with Alvin. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah, Mike David's band. Mike D was, him and I were real good friends, real tight back in the day. We still see each other quite often, just not as much because, you know, we're, we're adults now, but um, he was in U.S. Skeleton, so we did U.S. Skeleton shows. Oh, awesome. play our garage, so actually, fun story. Um, I don't know if you have a, an agenda for this or anything, but... Just want to get to know you more. Kick okay, it. cool. Go yeah. ahead. All right, sounds good. <laughs> uh, my brain goes about a thousand miles an hour, so <laughs> I'll right. try to... I've had two cups of together, coffee. I'll but... do my best. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah, I'm on a I'm on a monster in the water. That's my brother. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had this the, the punk rock house. We used to call it the Hop. Um, from the 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 song, you know, let's go to the Hop. You Excellent. know, and but that we used to call it the Hop stood for House of Penis. You know, and that's because it was a <laughs> it was a bunch of dudes. You know, and we were all just you know young and having fun. But oh, um, yes. I went out on a uh, family trip out east. Uh, family's originally from Maine. So every summer we'd go out, out east and go out to Maine. And I said, okay, so, you know, like, you guys are going to be in charge of the house. Make sure everything's good. You know, let's, you can have a party or two, you know, make some money. Let's, you know, get our rent together. And, right you know, on. but, you, you know, stay, stay out of too much trouble, you know. Um, <laughs> two people... <laughs> Two people ended up moving into that house during that time I was gone. Oh my god! <laughs> and we had a car that we had a car that exploded um, from too many fireworks and just probably just drinking and being dumb. But um, that is the how I met Mike D actually um, from the whole like kind of punk rock scene, which kind of branched off from Yorkville into Sandwich and Salmonock area. Okay. Um, because yeah, I moved back and he was. He, he loves this story, too, because he said, dude, I, I just moved into your yard. Like, I didn't even move into your house. <laughs> I, was li- I was living in a tent, and I was running an extension cord into your back patio area to just live off of that. So that's how I met him. But Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, since then, you know, I was going to college then. 
um, I still wanted to do something, you know, I wasn't wanting, I wasn't one of those people who wanted to burn out, you know, right. I, I really wanted to, you know, I had ambition, I wanted to do stuff. Um, so I was going to school, I was going to college to, to become a teacher. Um, and then once I started student teaching, I kind of had to distance myself a little bit away from, uh, kind of like the party scene and just kind of like that, uh, you know, maybe almost getting in trouble because I had to take a different role in my life, you know, a different position. So, right on. um, yeah, so I've been teaching for close to 20 years now. Oh, wow. Um, I teach at uh Cowherd middle school, uh, on the West, on the East side of Aurora. All right. Um, yeah, love it. You, you know, sometimes people bring up East Aurora and people get, little bad impression of it you know because i mean there's violence there's gangs there's uh lower socioeconomic background there a lot of people come from trauma and broken homes um but you know if i were in an elevator and somebody asked me like hey where do you work at and i say east aurora i would say i, I love it man everybody needs an education everybody needs to be taught you yeah, know right. so uh, i like to uh i like to think that sometimes i teach the unteachable you know, and I work uh, to the best of my ability so that they can have a, a good view of education, you know, because I, I didn't have the best view of education growing up either. I hated school. I still hate school. I hate the system of it. I hate, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I hate is, it's a very yeah. strong word, but like, you know, I very, very dislike it. Um, it's very political. It's um, sometimes it's run like a business, you know, like, do they really want kids to be successful? Because if they are successful, and all of these corporations that are giving them money for programs to get these kids better scores, they're not going to be needed, you know, and there's so much money that goes through there. So um, it's still a broken system, but, you know, I'm in there working. Well, and I love that, best, man. What, what do you think yeah. uh, got you that way? Was it, was it just growing up and going to school and seeing and like then starting to see some things, I guess, once you started in the system, seeing how it works? Yeah. So both my parents were teachers. Okay. Um, and I would see my dad would come home almost with like the weight of the world on his shoulders, you know, and he was very kind of old school, more systematic, more by the book, no nonsense. Um, and my mother, um, she's still around and she's still uh, pretty active in education, but she's, she's been retired for many years, but she was more of the, um, make it fun, bring it to their level. Um, we all have standards that we have to meet according to whoever decides the standards, but, you know, make it fun and enjoyable. And she taught me when I first started in my educational career, she taught me something. She said, no student uh, is ever going to come back and like, thank you for giving them tests. And she's like, if that ever happens, if a student comes back, you know, like you uh, I'll give you a million dollars or, you know, I'll eat my shoe or whatever. You know, like that's <laughs> never going to happen. You know, no student will ever come back and thank a teacher for, uh, Hey, thank you for all the tests that you gave me, but they will come back and they'll thank you for, Hey, thank you for teaching me this. Thank you for showing me this. Or I remember this activity or, you know, that day I'll never forget. Or sometimes those lessons I still use with my own kids. And I think that's the most valuable part of it is that you may not see the reward because I teach middle school. You know, these kids right. are crazy. You yeah. know, they're insane. They're random. They're, their brains are changing. I mean, science, we know that scientifically. Their brains are developing more than they ever have since they were an infant, you know? Yep. And they're thinking about things differently, and they're changing, and, and everything seems to matter so much. And you can never tell a middle school kid, like, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, or, or, or don't worry about it too much because they have to. Their brains are programmed to worry about it, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, the ones that I have come back and they, they no, nobody's ever thanked me for a test. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's ever said, Hey, Harding, I appreciate you, you know, forcing me to take those standardized tests and all that stuff. No, they say, Harding, you know, thank you. I, you know, when you said that those moments in life, I'll remember as I get older, I, I remember those moments or I remember sitting in your classroom and doing this activity or that fun activity. So, um, but I, I didn't want to become a teacher cause I, I hated school. All right. Um, the principal back in the day, this is when they could put hands on you, you know, and they could physically pick you up and drag you into school. Um, I, I had to be dragged into school, kicking and screaming. Uh, my mom was at wit's ends because, you know, she was educated. She was an educator and my brother, my older brother loved school. My younger sister, she loved school, but I hated it. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Um, so I guess part of it is like, I want to make sure that, uh, those who have that same kind of mentality can become, you know, success stories or they can be uh, find something that they're passionate about, you know, and, and I feel like I can help them reach that. So um, long, long roundabout way. <laughs> the, reason I, the reason I got into education uh, was because um, 
both my parents were in education and I think seeing um, the negatives and the positives about it, I think that that's one of the things that drove me into it was just kind of seeing that I could get in there. I, I mean, I get to go and do crazy lessons. I get to hang out. I get to have my summers off. You know, I got weekends off. Like I can do other things that I'm passionate about as well as education. So um, it, it's, it's great. It's a tough time right now. Education is uh, they're struggling. Um, is that after but, pandemic type stuff or just in I general? Think it's all, I think it's always been struggling, uh, okay. to be honest with you. Um, I just think sometimes the way that educators are viewed, either people after the pandemic really appreciated them more because they saw what they did because parents were forced to be with their kids during the day or they had to figure some stuff out. Um, or people were saying that these kids lost a lot of educational value because, you know, virtual learning wasn't the best thing. It was the only option, but, you know, many people didn't stick up with it or stay with it. So um, I think that after that time, students forgot how to student, <laughs> you yeah. know, and teachers forgot how to teach. You know, we lost like some of our thick skin where we'd let a lot of things roll off or, or not really worry about it. We just um, and kids, I mean, that's, that's social emotional. That was scary time, dude. I mean, that was scary. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> people, man. Didn't, people didn't know what was going on. Kids didn't know, you know, they're stuck at home and they may have like a traumatic home or there's so many people in the house. They don't have a quiet spot. Going to school is like saving grace for a lot of kids. You know, they like to get into school. They like the structure. They like the routine. Um, but now that's just everybody's short in the world, you know, like workers are short. I don't know where all these workers went. I was like, I remember growing <laughs> up, I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get a job. You know, I couldn't wait to do it. Now it's just like, it's like the whole world short staffed. I mean, from education to like, even going to like a fast food restaurant, you see it, you know, like we're closing early, we're understaffed or things like that. So, oh yeah, that's um, huge. Yeah. But I think like if, if people were organized enough and I know it's hard to get organized and I know it's hard with so many different views, but I think that like now's the time for teachers to just say like, Hey, we know what works because we, we went through this, you know? So like give teachers more credit and give teachers more responsibility, get rid of a lot of this administration and higher ups that maybe removed from the classroom, you know, but are still trying to tell us what needs to be done. You know, I don't know, but yeah, the pandemic had a lot to do with it, but I think education, it's always changing. We always say, you know, give it a couple more years and things will change or, you know, yeah. it, it constantly happens, but yeah, that's a, that's a tough road, but it seems like you took like the, the punk edge there and just kind of jumped in and decided to do it the way maybe you wanted to do it and that a way that you could reach out. Oh yeah. 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 I I'm, I'm either constantly celebrated <laughs> for my way of teaching or, <laughs> or I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, not, not so much removed from being younger, you know? So. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. Sure. I've, and you're st 20 years in. Yeah, I, this is my 19th year, so excellent. Um, yeah, so uh, I I've been at the same school and I've taught the same grade level and the same discipline, um, the same uh, subject. So reading and writing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I teach uh, students are predominantly Hispanic. Uh, English is their second language. Okay. Um, by the time they get to my class, they've gone through like the bilingual program. Some of them still have some English as secondary language services so you have to modify some stuff um we're expected to read at like a seventh grade reading level because they're seventh grade um but the majority of them probably average is about third to fourth grade reading level okay so you're a few levels behind so you have to modify your instruction um a lot of times uh from traumatic backgrounds a lot of them wait for the answer or they know if they don't participate eventually somebody will do it for them um so you want to break that of, you know, the students and finding that kind of uh, negative way of education, you know, like, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. You got to push yourself through. You got to get this answer, figure it out for yourself. You know, you got to learn the standard. Um, a lot of times if they're reading something, they don't get it until it's explained to them. And a lot of the vocabulary is hard. I mean, because the English language, we've got so many different words and the same word has different meanings. And, you know, if you're trying to process it back into your native language and then put it back into uh, the language you're supposed to be learning, it's difficult, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I like it a lot. If I didn't teach reading and writing, I would teach like world civilizations or history because I had 
a history teacher from back in the day that he was amazing. I mean, he made everything come alive. So I always think of him whenever I get into like teaching and I'm going, going, going almost like I'm uh, preaching to the class, you know, like they're going to jump up and say hallelujah or something. But um, <laughs> that's great, though. It's good. Yeah, I was thinking of him because enthusiasm. he made it come alive, you know, so. Yeah. Enthusiasm yeah. is huge. That was you're talking about good teachers back in the day. And it's like I had the same with there's only two that and there were the Morrisons in uh uh in sandwich schools and they were great they're only teachers ever and and i uh let's see i dipped out at like sophomore year i quit then went to get my ged but there was only two teachers that ever had anything positive to say to me ever oh yeah when i did some writing it was lit class or whatever and i did Mm -hmm. uh i made a book for one of the teachers and it was like the only time i got positive reinforcement my whole time in school and, it, oh, yeah. it, it, and that's, you know, that's, that's far. A, I mean, that you need that. Students yeah. need that. People need that. We need to be recognized. We need to be uh, like a real sense of being lifted up and praised, not just like a "Hey, way to go, good job." Because those are those are generic. Those are canned. But the, I, the teachers you're talking about, the Morrisons, that, yeah. what was their name? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should. Are they still around? Uh, the Mr. Morrison passed away, but yeah, Mrs. Morrison's still with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just okay. great. I mean, and love, I talked to them later. hearing that stuff. Yep, I told Teachers them. need that. Yeah. They were, uh, when I had my restaurants and sandwich, they were always would uh, come to them. And I told them that every time, you know, whatever I could uh, sneak out there and deliver their food. Cause I always like to deliver my friend's food. I was <laughs> just like, yeah, I have to absolutely. also tell you, you guys were great, <laughs> you know? And yeah, yeah. it was, and they were just the coolest teachers, man. Just, they, they cared. And that's what I, and, and then I wanted to learn, you know? Yeah. It's one of those absolutely. things. Yeah. Those little yeah. connections we make in life, man, is what turns everything around. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I mentor new teachers and I've done that for probably the last 15 years. Um, and when I get them, you know, it's, it's scary. You go in, you're like thrown to the wolves, you know, you got to figure some stuff <laughs> out. You don't, you don't feel your value, but I try to tell these new educators that it, it may not be so rewarding, but the moment you get a student that comes back, you know, and thanks you or, or says like, I'll never forget that. That's one of those things that it's priceless. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't care that you're not making a lot of money. It doesn't matter. You know, that's like, you've had a difference. You've made a difference, you know, and that's a huge responsibility, <laughs> you know, yep. so yes, you got to make sure that you can do it. But teachers love hearing about that stuff. I mean, if you haven't thanked a teacher, somebody needs to, you know, put a reminder on your fridge or something, go thank a teacher or, or, you know, through social media, go out and reach out to a teacher and just be like, Hey, how's it going? Like, thank you for this. And, and this happened, you know, because it can be a very thankless job, you know? Oh yeah, man. It, it's, it's isolating sometimes. Um, you're with a lot of people constantly, but it's isolating because you're always as, you know, you're judging, you're reflecting, um, you're setting goals, you're making little uh, ways to reach those goals constantly, you know? Yeah, like tweaking the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yep, you're like you're stuck in your head, you know? So, like, uh, I'm not I'm not into skateboarding, uh, but, you know, my ex-wife is really, was really into to skateboarding, you know, and, and we kind of always made the, the correlation between that was that, like, when you skate, you, you struggle constantly, but you're trying to work and practice, and that's, like, what your job is. You know, as a teacher, you constantly have to practice and you constantly have to change, and you've got a classroom of... 25, 30 kids, all various needs, all their various levels. So the person at one table and the other person at that same table aren't at the same level and they're not learning the same material or they're beyond what the material is you're presenting, you know? So it's very difficult. It's just like same thing when you go skating with your friends, you know, your friend may have awesome tricks, real sick tricks, you know, and then you're, you can barely even stand up, you know, but you're still there. (laughs) You're still a community of people, you know? And I, try to teach my classes the same way. Like, you know, we're a community of people. We're trying to work things out. You're going to be out in the world that people you don't like. Yeah. You're going to have to make things work. Viewpoints are going to be different, you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah. That's cool, man. It just seems, it always seemed like no matter what, it's like, you got like 30, at least 30 kids, I'm sure in your classes. And it's like to try and keep up with all that and, and their individual needs, you know, it's gotta be wild. Yeah. (laughs) Good Lord. Yeah. I took a, I took a course actually this summer. Uh, from Yale. So it was pretty cool. I got a Yale diploma on my wall. You know, I'm a 
Awesome. He's with long hair, long hair and tattoos, and I got a Yale certificate on my wall, you know. So I yes. always think that's a, that, that's a good flex, you know. <laughs> Damn right it <laughs> and is. And he comes <laughs> in my room for the first time. I kind of, you know, hey, do you see this on the wall right here? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a Yale certificate. These are smart, smart people, and and they're telling us right now that emotions are more important than curriculum. I like we need to make sure that your kids are okay emotionally and socially before you even try and teach them anything that's in a book, because otherwise you're not going to have them. So get to know your kids, you know, get a re build a relationship with them, build a rapport, get that trust going, and then start gradually introducing the concepts. Yeah. You can't just throw it out and say, Hey, this is what you're expected to learn. Here's work through this workbook, go on to this program, get this done because they're going to give you a, you know, they're going to say F off. I don't want to do this. Who are you? You know, who are you going to teach me? You know, get to know me. So, I spent a lot of time this summer going through that program and learning about meeting the needs of social emotional uh, learners, uh, talking about emotions. So, I, I mean, I constantly talk about emotions. And I thought it was going to be like hippy dippy, like love the world, kumbaya type stuff. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. I mean, it was really legit and correct where it comes in talking about like, hey, I'm feeling this kind of way. So I can't do that today. You know, that doesn't mean I don't want to. I do. But I, I'm feeling this way. I can't right now. I can't physically do that or mentally do that because I'm feeling this way. And then, then you, then, you know, back off, I'm not going to force that kid anymore, you know? Yeah. And, and imagine tomorrow, that 20 then, years yeah, ago. Then, yeah. <laughs> and we should have had that years ago, right? Yeah, exactly. We man. We, we, when we were in school, instead of just saying, Oh no, he, he's pissed off. He's sleeping. He's, he's tired. You know, he's yep. angry. Yeah. Kick him out in the hallway. I spent more time in the hallway than it in the classroom. Yeah, exactly. Know? I wasn't part of it. I was, I was isolated more than I was welcomed. You know, and I don't want that to happen because the ultimate goal for a lot of kids is not to be in school. Yep. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. that's almost like a punish. I mean, it's not a punishment. It's like a reward. Like your parents are going to be pissed, but you don't have to go to school. Right. Oh, I got suspended. I'm out, you know, <laughs> yep. or, Goodbye. or I'm kicked out of the classroom, you know? Yeah. That's, that's wild that, that, uh, people don't know that. And they always, you know, they look complain about the new teaching systems yeah. or whatever, especially math or something goes on, but it's yeah. always evolving. You know, oh, and hopefully constantly. for the betterment of the students, you know, so it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be like the good old days of slapping with a ruler or paddle their ass and, you know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you know, just go it. Yeah. It's like it's got I, it's I, got to evolve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's times in my class, but I got a good like relationship with most of the students. I mean, there's times I still struggle with students or, you know, there's kids who act out because kids are gonna be, they're going to act out. You can't control them, but what they're going to their emotions or their thoughts and you want them to grow up to be individuals, you know, so kid blurts out or needs your attention. You know, there's times I just say. Why do you need my attention so much today? Like, what can I give you? You know, and kind of put it on there. Like, what do you need? You know, did you even have a snack today? Have you eaten at all today? Like, what's going on? You know, and then just come correct with them. And then there's other times where they're, the students are just acting a fool, you know, and I can yeah. just come to them and just be like, are you going to make me lose my job today? <laughs> like, am I, <laughs> am I going to get dragged out of the school because all of a sudden I'm going to turn into a 13-year-old again and, and we're going to go, you know, fisticuffs. We're going round and round right here, you know? Like, is this going to happen? You know? And usually using humor or like changing it real quick and putting it on them catches the kids kind of off guard, you know, and then they, the, the aggression and the physical like anger and, and being upset will kind of, kind of die down because I believe like humor is way more powerful than like anger, you know, humor is way more powerful than anger. Well, that got and me I through most of my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like not learning, uh, learning not to like really, really hold on to things that really don't matter. But again, middle school kids, everything's important to them, you know, so it's finding that line where it's trying to, you know, make sure that everything is, is, is legit in their little brains that are already messed up from their, their backgrounds, you know. So it's an ongoing battle, dude. It's an ongoing battle for sure. Yeah, it so sounds one, like one, one that I'm still willing to do for the most part. So. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, man. Well, that's great. That's that's a whole insight that I did not have, and I appreciate that, man. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. No, for sure. Is uh, Let me see. What else you been going? Well, you got to tell me a little bit more about your history and, and growing up with uh, movies and stuff like that. It's oh, kind yeah, of going to be just sure. going to be a Halloweenish yeah. episode, but I got to hear. I mean, you seem like a man that loves <laughs> the same kind of movies episode. I like. I like it. So, yeah. So, <laughs> it, with the... I don't know, man. I've always had a love for the fantastic, you know, always a love for uh, wild, ex you know, uh, fun, um, zany kind of stuff, you know, things that are just boisterous in your face over the top. And 
videos and movies and uh, comic books and story like all that just became such a passion for me when I was younger. Um, it, it really started when my father gave me his old classics illustrated comic books. And these were all the comic books that were uh, classic illustrations of classic literature. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Ben Hur, um, wow. Ernest Hemingway stuff, uh, old uh, romantic literature stuff. I mean, and these. These were stories, so they're quick snippet, you know, like little, just little stories. It wasn't the entire Iliad or the entire Odyssey in a combo form because I would be dry and boring, but it was like <laughs> the good parts, you know. Um, and from then, uh, both my parents were really into reading. It was better than television because I was an 80s kid uh, and <laughs> 90s kid. Yeah. Um, so it was TV had to be limited in our house. There were certain things that we couldn't watch, you know, so that made me want to see them more because why? <laughs> why could I not watch that? Um, I remember being told that if I saw child's play, I would go to hell. Um, and I remember going, not from my parents, but from like members of like, you know, my, my parents' groups, you know, that they, they hung out with, um, kind of, you know, the, the, the fundamentalist Christian background, um, where, you know, anything that was evil would be symbolizing the devil and things like that. So, um, I, but I remember being told that. So I went to my friend's house whose parents allowed them to watch rated R movies. And I said, let's run child's play. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> Immediately. Let's, let's like this is a ticket to hell. Okay. I, <laughs> let's see if this really happens, you know, but that keeps me up at night. Sometimes I'm still so worried that I'm going to go to hell just because I've seen child's play. You're like, damn you, Chucky. <laughs> yeah, as a 44 year old man, you know, what keeps you up at night? I'm going to go to hell. Like, if I would not wake up tomorrow, is it going to be because of child's play? Uh, that's great. Um, you know, but the video stores back in the day, five movies, $5, hell five yes. days, you rent yep. a VHS. Like, do we, we would take speed and Adderall and use our prescriptions that we had for all of our mental issues, you know, <laughs> and we, and we would watch, I mean, we would just watch those movies in one day, you know? So we would go from like uh text chainsaw massacre one text chainsaw massacre two, you know, right and then we'd have discussions. yeah, we'd have discussions about it. Like, well, now it's a little comedic or it's changing or yeah, but, but it's okay. It's still good. Like the gore still good. And we'd have discussions. So we were doing stuff that like we should be doing in classrooms, like having discussion and comparing and contrasting and talking about stuff. And, you know, but we wouldn't do it in the classroom because they wouldn't make it interesting. It wouldn't be that way. You know, yep. so I always say that horror and education are pretty much the same. I mean, it's very horrific, you know, there's, <laughs> but there's a lot to it. So being a fan of horror, um, we're like scholars. Every one of us is a scholar, you know, like we know better than somebody else does about this. Or we we've got our opinions and our opinions matter. And like. You know, when you messaged me today and I said, well, I'm still trying to process Halloween ends, you know, like, <laughs> got me. yeah, like, I don't know if I love it, I hate it, or if I'm just kind of in, in between about it, you know, because I'm still processing it, you know, but I, I got to talk to my friends who haven't seen it yet and they, they can't have any spoilers, you know. Yeah, I found um, that with this podcast, too, and asking people about movies and music is like, I have to go back a lot and listen yeah. again and watch again yeah. before giving a real opinion because I, yeah. I shit on so much stuff and I'll just like, wait yeah. a minute, go back. Yeah. Reprocess, sure. you know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's always and, and humbling. That's, like, that's what we, t we want to teach our kids, you know, like that's what like uh, students we want or people in the world are able to like kind of process, but come to an opinion, but still like, you know, maybe even come back with a rebuttal or like acknowledgement of what they say, you know, and that's what we try to do. But um, long story short with the uh, horror movies and things like that, I worked at Suncoast Video. Excellent. Uh, I managed the Suncoast Video in my early 20s. Um, got into seeing the VHS disappear and DVD come in. Uh, I met some people that worked for uh, distribution companies like Anchor Bay, Anchor Bay Blue Underground. Um, and then just having that kind of connection to it allowed me to build relationships with people that were already kind of in the industry, but not like movie stars, like producers or directors or anything like that. But they were fans that would take their passion and then make a career out of it you know so and then eventually i got hooked up with severin films yeah um, and for yeah for the last 10 years i've worked with severin films um which is a distribution company and severin buys the rights to movies and cleans them up and transfers them onto blu-ray and then gets all the special features and behind the scenes and the commentary and then puts them into beautiful packages with you know slip covers and it's like people go nuts for that stuff yeah. Because, uh, you know, people took the time and energy and 
the passion to create something that may be obscure, you know, or forgotten about. And then all of a sudden you have a copy that you can hold in your hand. You can talk about, you can trade with your friends, like trading cards, things like that. So, um, so that's working at Suncoast video. I met some distributors from anchor Bay and blue underground who eventually got involved with, uh, other distribution companies like seven films. So, um, I, I'm the Midwest representative. Uh, so all the uh, shows and conventions and movie screenings, uh, I'm responsible for. Oh, okay. Um, I was wondering so, why you were always, uh, I always see you post about him. I was like, well, he's yeah. at this convention. Is he just yeah. helping or what's going on? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool, when man. I was younger, man. When I was younger, you know, <clears throat> watching movies by Quentin Tarantino, Peter Jackson's early stuff, you know. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> watching all that stuff, just going like, man, I, I could do this. You know, give me a video camera, you know. Yep. So I would I would go out and dick around with that stuff and get, you know, stupid video shot. And then when I was in high school, we I had a film as literature class, which I loved. And I loved the teacher that uh, she was she was a life changing teacher. Knopp, Miss Knopp, you know, she was she was amazing. Nice. Um, still still good friends with her, still in contact with her constantly. Um, but I made a movie, you know, I worked at a, a, a costume shop. What was it called? Uh, Center Stage up in the mall. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I yeah. That. And uh, I got a gorilla costume and I got an idea to have a movie called The Gorilla. Um, <laughs> and yes. we had our move, had our friends together, Brad Davis, Chad Lynn. They were from Subterfuge back yep. in the day, the metal bands that went on to like Ovaltine. Um, he's still, Brad's still doing really well up in Canada, Lake holiday stuff that he was doing. And I know he's doing some other stuff too. Really? He's um, still in it as well, but yeah. And then they, they did soundtracks for me and they acted in some movies and stuff like that with me as well. Oh, that's you know, great. I, I love those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing ever became too, uh, crazy. You know, we had some premieres. We, I, I won some awards for, uh, screenplays and stuff like that, but just oh, that, that's like, awesome. taking a passion and creating something with it. And then now I work for a company that does the same thing, you know, so they go out and get a lot of shot on video stuff from the early nineties. And then they produce that stuff into something that like these people's labor of love can be in something that they can show in a theater or they have it on a Blu-ray, you know, and there's all these special features. So, um, Severn films has another division of them called Intervision, which is their Intervision like shot on video titles. So like watching a lot of that stuff just goes, man, I was, I did that stuff in the nineties too. And, and everybody else did too, who, was, <laughs> yep. who had a camcorder, you know? Yeah, we did it a little bit too. Same stuff. Yeah. Got to. <laughs> yeah. But it, nowadays, I mean, people can make mini movies on their phone, you know, like you got your phone, you can just make a mini movies way better than that old oh. camcorder you carried around with you. <laughs> Imagine having that stuff back in the day. Oh, I know. I always go, man, I'm kind of glad I didn't. There's right? so much we, I mean, there's so much stuff we did that we would have been we would have been canceled. I, you know, we would have been like canceled for, because people didn't understand. Like it was silly. We were just dumb, you know, yep. and, we, and people like to be silly and people like to be dumb. You, you know, got to be, you got to yeah, go through having, that shit. <laughs> yeah, without having to worry about like, you know, uh, what political party you're affiliated with or, or how it's going to be viewed, you know, like that's, that's hard for, you know, some of us from the eighties and nineties to kind of just go through and, and think about that stuff because, Kids still do the same stuff. They want to be dumb and have fun. But now it's like if they're dumb and having fun, it's going to be recorded. Somebody's snitching on you. You know, it's, yep. it's forever there, dude. Yep. Like yes, we had to is. take, we, we literally had to take our disposable cameras to get developed. <laughs> and then we'd have to, we'd have to, we'd have to wait and say, hopefully they'll develop those pictures. Uh, yep. Because <laughs> there may be some stuff in there that's inappropriate. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> underage oh, drinking. So yeah. Yep. Some nudity. Like, yep. yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone's ass. I mean, remember like yeah. now it's like nudes and stuff that people can send through this stuff. Oh, this is getting off on a whole other thing, but like, you know, it's a wild time. And stuff like that. It's so much. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so crazy. We used to we used to have to take Polaroid pictures of each other, right? Yeah. Like if you wanted to like <laughs> if you wanted to be like you were a photographer or or being something, it was like Polaroid pictures. Everything looked yellow, yep. it wasn't developed properly. Washed you know? out garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is you're showing me a picture of your girlfriend naked. Is well, I can't even really make that out. No, no, no. But look, it's awesome. I got this photo. Yeah, <laughs> like now it's like and now, now I got, it's, I'm sure people have galleries of that stuff. You know, like, I got 27 shots of a cheeseburger on my phone. You know, yeah, like, right, which one's dude, the best yeah. one? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't go into that gallery. Don't go into that gallery. Oh, whoops! I thought I got rid of that one. You know. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Do you gosh, miss that? Dude. I know I well, I'll just ask your opinion. Do you miss the the real physical media we had back in the day, going places, getting things? I, you know, I, I don't because I still collect physical media. You know, oh, okay. Like, so you're still I, in. I do not miss that. I do miss I do miss kind of the idea of like I can't wait to, you know, sit down once we get these pictures back and go through them again. You know, yeah. because now it's like everything's instant and you get that instant gratification. Yep. Uh, and I tell my students that constantly. I said, if I could teach you everything through a TikTok video, if I could teach you everything through a YouTube video, you, you would be so incredibly smart because you'd work it towards your ability. Everything's so fast, like yeah. TikTok video, two, three seconds. Haha, so funny. I'm moving on to the next one. Or if I don't like it, I'm moving it away. Right. You know, you have that power in your fingertips. We didn't have an education when we were younger. Right. Right. It was like when, when computers first started coming out, it would take forever to boot up. You'd still have to talk to your friend while dial ups going on. Yep. You know, you'd still have to like socialize. It wouldn't be so quick where just I'm excusing everybody and I'm focused on what needs to be done. So I think that I do miss it that way because I think and I try and teach my students. And I try to teach my daughter that is like life is a lot about waiting for things to happen, you know, instead of the thing that's just there and you guys don't have that so much because everything happens for you so fastly and if you don't like it you have the power to dismiss it because everything's coming through right your your whole computer is set up the way you or your whole phone your computer it's set up the way you want it to be you know you could pick it you know my computer go to sleep after a long time i could turn that off and my phone when i snooze in the morning i can say snooze forever i can snooze three times i can have them tell me the time when they they wake up you know (laughs) i can label this stuff we had we had an alarm clock we'd have to put it across the room so we'd have to physically get up because we knew if we just snoozed it we'd accidentally turned it off you know (laughs) Um, so yeah yes i do i do miss some of that and and no i don't you know because like life we always change and we're evolving we can't get stuck in our ways and otherwise we just we don't really ever we don't ever really grow and i think humans are always constantly growing that's that's a great way to look at it yeah and if we're not we're just uh, we're waste of space yeah stagnant i mean it's gonna move on no matter how old we get (laughs) that's a good word stagnant (laughs) because yeah i always always loved the treasure hunting back in the day of going to crow's nest and finding new music or crow's nest dude i was i was just talking about crow's nest the other day i was talking about man they had the best import yes hell yes ever so it was like oh i want cramps import from france (laughs) i already have all these songs but who cares i don't have this package right now it's like now i can google the image of the package and just look at it on my computer right i can't hold that i can't open the disc but yeah i do um i always tell people too you know collectors and like the hunt is take ebay off your phone for a while you know take it off your phone take it off your computer don't use it and then make conscious decisions to put on a calendar a date where you're going to go to a flea market, you know, or a time you're going to an antique store. Right on. Because mm-hmm. then you'll find that passion again. Because the eBay, you can get notifications. I'm a huge William Castle collector, right? So yeah, awesome. I, have, I have like the best William Castle collection, probably. I'm not going to say in the world because I don't know any other William Castle collectors. So I don't want to talk to them because I don't want to be flexing with them all the time. But <laughs> like William Castle stuff, it's, it's all paper, right? So yep. I'm paying hundreds of dollars and, and hunting for, you know, pieces of paper and, and, and bills and promo stuff and all his gimmicks that he had. So I used to always just have my notifications come to my phone on eBay. William Castle, you know, somebody put something on this, got William Castle on it. And it would take so much time out of my day just because watching, William... Waiting. Yeah, William is a very common name and castle, you know, so anytime anything would come up with a castle or a Prince William or anything like that, I was getting it. And I was like, it's wasting my time. It's wasting my time. I don't want it, you know, so I'm trying to modify it and things like that. But I tell I tell people, take that off, go back to it, find the passion why you did it in the first place, you know, because the part of wanting something and collecting something, um, it's like that Motorhead song. What is it? The 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 hunt is better than the, ch- or the chase is better than the kill. What is it? Where you, where you yeah, I, whatever, but you're, you're chasing towards it, you know, and it's, it's like dating girls, like dating's way more fun than actually being with them. You know, it's the same thing with collecting, you know, it's like going towards it and getting it. Yeah. The hunt is better than the, th- I can't, I don't know. Yeah. That, that, we, we, that is perfect. We can figure it out. We can just do Google right now. We can bring it right up on our computer. But. <laughs> that is so, that is so fun though. It is that actually going out and getting it instead of it being like, you know, I wake up, I had a dream that I had a pumpkin head limited edition. Oh, I'll just look it up right now and go buy it. You know, just like, yeah, so absolutely. here it is. Yeah. <laughs> I found uh, it. Yay. Motorhead, the chase is better than the catch. There we go. The that, chase is better than the catch. But, excellent. Is that the um, name of the song too? 
Yes, the chase is better than the catch. Yeah. Lemmy, so direct. God oh, yeah, him. dude, seriously. Like, he knew it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's collecting some weird weird stuff, you know? Yes, he did. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's collecting some weird stuff, so he knows it. But also, too, like, in life, too, and that's the thing, is, like, if you catch something, you got it, then you have it, you know, and you own it. You, you kind of possess it. And then that puts our minds into a weird kind of thought process, is, like, you know, and, and when collectors are that way, too. So collectors are hard to... Uh, be in relationships with. So I don't know if anybody listens to this podcast ever wants to know about relationships, but (laughs) (laughs) either dating a collector is going to be the best relationship you ever had, or it's going to be very difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Biting for time. (laughs) Yeah. Biting for time. Like, yeah. I see, I see memes like that constantly where uh, the chick's laying in bed going, I wonder what he's thinking about, you know? And he's thinking about like, I wonder if I'll ever be able to get that limited edition vinyl of, you know, like whatever it is. And, you know, or really like, you know, does Pumpkinhead's toys from the Todd McFarlane ones, are they still worth money? Those movie maniacs, I spent so much money on God, those. God, I, I hope so. Kid. I got them. <laughs> All right, good, man. Yeah, I worked, at, I worked at Suncoast when those first came out. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's oh, where I got them, was, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, it was dope watching those come in. Like Pumpkinhead was so huge and bulky and then, Brundlefly came out from the fly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You could barely get him to stand up if you took him out of the packages. You know, you're like, what is wrong with this guy? And then you try and make a fake gun so he could hold the gun towards his head, like in the end he'd seen him fly. <laughs> oh, it's oh god, yeah. What a great Good flick. Stuff. Damn. Uh, let's see. We're kind of coming towards the end, but not there. But I wanted. I had to get your opinion on some uh, also maybe obscure but really good. Halloween horror, whatever type movies or just movies in general that you really dig uh, that you think might go under the radar that people can pick up. Yeah. Um, so I, I need this. <laughs> yeah, you need. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't follow seven films, follow seven films on any of their social media, you know, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, just go to their websites. Uh, and that's a vinegar S E V E R I N dash films.com. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything that was put out on the video nasties list back in the late seventies and early eighties, where there was this witch hunt pandemic of these (laughs) kids are, you know, and that's, uh, people are scared of what they don't understand, you know, but they were banning movies that weren't even really that bad, you know, or just they, they were scared of the artwork on the cover or they were scared of that. But going through those lists um, always really get me back into uh, watching movies. But uh, some of my favorites that um, that Severn has that I constantly am telling people is anything by Jess Franco, okay. uh, Jesus Franco. Um, he, you can get into some deep dives and deep cuts with Jess Franco stuff. Um, he's responsible for probably one of the best versions of Dracula that is related to Bram Stoker's novel, uh, Count Dracula. And that's got uh, Christopher Lee in it. Oh, wow. Um, but Christopher Lee, he doesn't like talking about that movie that much because Jess Franco is, he's kind of, you know, he's, he he made thousands of movies, so he was doing them quick for cheap and not paying people as what he should and things like that. But he he's got some deep cuts. So I, I you know Count Dracula. Um, then he gets into some of his like sex exploitation movies that are you can be a little goofy, but the women in there are beautiful. Um, nice. But Bloody Moon is great. Uh, Faceless is a good one that's got Bridget Leahy in it. All right. Um, yeah, if people aren't into you know. Spanish foreign movies, you know, having to read them or not wanting the audio to not really sync up with their lips moving, you know, stuff like that. Um, then I would say some other movies. Um, I love stuff like Kathy's Curse. It's a okay. 70s exploitation movie um, from Canada. And that's pretty much a poltergeist exorcist and like demonic girl ripoff, you know, any kind of movie. Like that, that has that. But there, there's one scene in particular where she throws her nanny out the window and, and you'll never forget it. I mean, you know, even oh, if you okay. sit through the rest of the movie and you're like, okay, this movie kind of sucks, you'll never forget that scene, you know, just the <laughs> wow. way it's done, you know. So, um, it's I like Italian movies. Um, anything by Fulci, Lucio yes, Fulci's yeah, Zombie, yeah. The Beyond. Um, Beyond's one of probably one of my top, top 10 movies of all times, but, um, some of the forgotten Fulci movies um, that don't, that go under the radar um, don't get as much love. I really love the Fulci movies. Severn has some of those. So we've got um, we've got Enigma, uh, Demania, 
and Warriors of the Year 2072 is like a gladiator movie. And then okay. we've got us, yeah, and then we've got a real good sexy movie that he did called The Devil's Honey. <laughs> which you'll never look you'll never look at a saxophone the same way again or fingernail <laughs> or fingernail polish. So, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, but I, like personal level, you know, like not related to Severin. Um, I really, really enjoy like 60s sitcoms, <laughs> okay. 70s, 70s comic book uh TV shows. Um, I'm not a big fan of DC and Marvel, um, Disney stuff. You know, I, I get it. I get the love of it, but um, I'm sick of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> make it, making movies for money. And like, you know, I get it because I like exploitation movies. That's what they were doing. They were ripping them off to make it. But like, sometimes those ripoffs are better and more enjoyable than the originals, you know, like give me, give me a star space movie over, you know, star Wars sometimes because you know, star Wars is, you love it and hate it. It's the same thing. Yeah, you know, what you boil get. it down to it's all fiction. It's all make believe. Like we're really going to get that upset about something like get passionate about something in the real world. Get, get upset <laughs> about something that's happening in real life, you know, <laughs> but I totally think that's agree. why. I, right. And that, you know, maybe that's why a lot of times, um, I mean, I, there, it's, you know, punk rock and metal and, you know, alternative culture and stuff like that is very related to, uh, movies and, and horror community and stuff like that, because ooh, we want to fantasize. We don't want to be so much in reality, you know, because reality sucks. You know, a lot of times reality sucks, but you can make reality the way you want it to be because you're in control of it. So a lot of times I, I've got friends that are just get so passionate, upset about, you know, the the new DC movie or, or what's happening in the Marvel universe. And I'm like, bro, you can't even pay your rent. Like, you yeah, can't let's, let's worry about that first. Like, <laughs> you can't even pay your rent or you're living with your parents or, you know, like you're not driving like I, and I get it because who wants to do that stuff, exactly, right? You know, yeah. who really wants to do that stuff? But you know, sometimes you have to, because it, it, in the bigger picture, you're going to, it's word like bad religion song, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. Like uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's messed up. Right. Like it's like, it's real. Like you get that stuff as you get older, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I think also personally for me, I like, um, I try to get like whatever my daughter's into, you know, she's 14, 15. I tried to like get her into some horror movies and she's seen some of them, but she's not, you know, it's not her thing. So I'm not going to force it on her. You know, I'm not going to make her, well, you got to watch this with family, blah, 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 you know. Um, but you know, we sit down, we watch Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein on oh, Halloween every yes. year, classic, you know, like classic, yeah. little comedy. Yeah. Classic stuff. Um, I take her to the drive-in sometimes and we'll, you know, sit through two, three movies, take her to Monday movies at the paramount you know they get the dollar i'm trying to see if i could take her on monday the, the shining's actually showing so oh my kiddo's uh, seen that she's 12 now and she's yeah. just seen the shining and she's in yeah <laughs> yeah and there's some stuff that'll stick with you too i mean there, there's some stuff too and it's good to be scared like it's yep. good to have that feeling you know um but i think a lot of times horror fans and action movie fans they get desensitized to it you know, so then they don't ever like try and look at it through a different lens. Um, and I think that's a lot of times why, why you know, horror fans are, are so upset about, well, it's it's this new horror. I don't like it. or It's a remake because, you know, they've got their opinions and they remember the first time they were experienced to it and it doesn't match up with it anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like smoking weed, right? The first time yeah. you smoke weed, right? Either you're going to get super high and super stupid or you're just going to be like, man, whatever. Right. Yeah. And then you, sometimes you try and get to it and then it's, you're never going to get it again. It's the same thing. Like, you know, I'll always remember the first time I saw dead alive by Peter Jackson. Hell yes. Like, yes. yeah, nothing will ever compare to that. Right. <laughs> and then now when I watch it, I'm still mesmerized by it. Yep. But if I show it to somebody else, they may not, they're like, um, I'm more of a jump scare kind of person. Or I like, you know, I like having a, a, a slasher killer or something, you know, and I like me, I'm like, give me some rubber suit monsters. Give me some zombies. Yes, me yes, some guts yes. And like, I want that. I don't care about any of this, <laughs> you know, psychological <laughs> horror, yeah, right. you know, give deep me the cuts or slow burns, like stuff like, nah, just give me something that's going to be a splatter in your face. But. Well, I got to ask you, I got to jump in and ask you about, uh, the only new one that's gotten me really good. And it took me a while to watch it. Like a few li uh, watches was the terrifier. Have you seen that? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not seen Terrifier 2. Me neither. I, I slept yet. on Terrifier 2. I slept on Terrifier as well, I guess. So I did I. Terrifier yeah. 2, but the first Terrifier, um, the the first movies that came out that had those, was it like All Haunts Eve or something? All Hallows Eve? With him um, in it? 
Yeah, All Hallows Eve. I think there was two of those. And I remember those coming out and seeing those promoted at conventions. But I, again, we get we're the same way. We don't want and we don't want anything new. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like oh, it's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, right. New stuff's gonna suck. And and then I watch it, I'm like, this kicks ass. Oh like, my terrifier, god. Yeah, terrifier kicks ass. Like it brought me back to seeing like, Dead Alive again the first time. As soon as yeah. you said it, I was like the terrifier. I was like, wow, because it yeah. got me. I was like, oh wow, they're yeah. doing something new and harsh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like some of those gore scenes and kill scenes are oh, like, my. like good looking, like, yeah, like scary, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it got me. It was good. They they make you actually enjoy that stuff. But yeah, not the same way, same way, bro. I was the same thing. I slept on that. I don't know what happened. Yeah, that um, makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's good. I don't know what happened, and but I think it may be the same thing. I like to at conventions go to, um, you know, the the, the guy sitting there that has like two or three movies out, and he's you know he's got a camcorder and he's making you know like just to support them. And sometimes those movies stink. I mean, they suck. Like yeah. sometimes it's just like, but they're out there doing it. You know. Yep. Um, there's one guy Addison. I can't remember his last name, but he's he did a movie called Psycho Ape. Okay. Um, and he's same thing, you know, just his buddies out there watching it, you know, guy in a gorilla suit running through some crude jokes, the psycho ape. Um, and then he did something called Magnus Opus, which I'm excited about, but I saw him at a convention and he's, he came back later and he said, dude, like you're from Severn films. Like, you know, that's like awesome. And like, you were showing interest in me and I was like, well, that's just human nature. Like I'm, I'm interested in what you're doing, you know? And he goes, yeah, but you don't know how much that means to me. Oh, that's so, cool. Uh, yeah, Addison. So I can't, I can't remember his last name. I'm friends with him on Facebook, but, um, psycho eight, but Magnus Opus is his, like, you know how jackass always says, don't send in submissions. Yeah. He did so back in the day. He would, <laughs> he would make all these videos and send them to jackass and he's putting out a Blu-ray collection of them. Oh, you know, awesome. so it's like, yeah, it's like dumb, dumb stunts that jackass did that made popular, you know, that he was trying to do, you know, like stapling your hand or eating sand or, you know, <laughs> doing, just doing dumb stuff. So I had asked him, I said, hey, man, when's your new movie coming out? You know, when do you have copies over here? Um, and he did not. But it meant a lot to him that somebody was interested, in, you know, in it as well. So it's definitely one of those things where horror is still a community. Yep. You know, punk rock still a community. Music yeah. still a community. Anybody's different. And, and it's weird that people who grew up either isolating themselves or being loners find a sense in community about that, you know, because yeah. they, they were their anti-community. They were anti being together, anti-school, anti-establishment, anti-stuff like that. But then you find that love and passion within a community based on the same interests, you know, and same views. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, it, yeah, it is. It's big. I mean, it's always constantly mind blowing. So I tell my students, I go, that's mind blowing stuff, right? I just gave you a nugget of knowledge, right? So you, you, you need to thank me. So I always said, they always go, thank you, Harding. You know, like they don't really mean it. They're just like, I'm telling them. So, <laughs> all right. Or okay, oh, Harding. So like when nobody responds after I give directions, I'll say, okay, Harding. They'll go, okay, Harding. Like, you know, give me a thumbs up if you're alive, if you're breathing, you know, <laughs> if you're following. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I could talk about this stuff all day for sure, man. That's good. Well, thanks, man. Hey, I, as what I said, about I, you? What, no, what about you? What have you been? You said Terrifier, but what else? Oh, what else have you been watching? What have you been listening to? That was uh, Terrifier was pretty huge. Um, Did you see part two yet? I, I don't know if you have. Yet. No, I have not. I no? have not. Okay. But I was also interested. You said you were processing Halloween ends. Yes. <laughs> yes. Any uh, um, without spoilers? I went to the drive-in. I went to the drive-in in Earlville. Oh, great! Um, so that's any movie open. at a drive-in? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Thirty-four cool. drive-in still open. That makes me um, happy. They were playing Halloween Ends. They spelled it wrong on the sign. They spelled it with an O, which already ma- automatically <laughs> gave it a great a great feel to it. You know, <laughs> like yeah, this side of the Fox River. What? Yeah, we got that. <laughs> um, I took my nephew and his buddy. Uh, you know, so the whole experience was there. Um, we sat outside for a while until it got cold, two balls cold, and then we, <laughs> we went inside and started the car and sat in the car. Um, but the movie itself, there were some good scenes, some good, like classic Michael Myers scenes. There was some good, you know, uh, jump scares. But I, the plot, um, <laughs> and that's that's the thing is like, why am I worried about a plot of a Halloween movie? Yeah, ever, right? You know, why am I? <laughs> yep. You know, I know what it is. I know it's it's a formulated thing. Michael Myers is going to kill. They're going to get Michael Myers or not get Michael. You know, like it already happens. Like I can tell you the beginning. I can tell you the rising action. I can tell you all that. This one I could not oh, because okay. there was 
because there was characters um, that really didn't make any sense or have anything to the big picture. But maybe it was a setup for if this is not really Halloween ends, maybe it's Halloween ends question mark or Halloween continues, you know, like, what uh, is it? Okay. you know, so. Um, but if you go into it and just say, I'm going to watch a Halloween movie, that's what you do. You watch a Halloween movie. Yeah. Right. I, I found that out myself. I have to get myself in that mode first. Yeah. And right. then be like, all right, low expectations, yeah. but you know, you're going to see Michael yeah. and yeah. let's see yeah. what, what's he does. Yeah. Yeah. John Carpenter, John Carpenter's getting money from it. He's, oh, yeah. His music, his music's still used, but he's not directing it. So you're okay. not getting a John Carpenter Halloween movie. <laughs> you, oh, yeah. you know, get that vibe. It's like, you'll never get a John Carpenter's the thing, or you won't get a, you know, even a big trouble in little China. It's just, it was be, before it's time. It's, oh, it's recognized so much, movie. you know, like, yep. you, yeah. So you won't get that. And, um, but somebody going to see that movie for the first time, let's say a 12 year old kid or a 14 year old kid, or, you know, my nephew coming to hang with his uncle, you know, and eating snacks out in the cold, you know, like it's a memory that you'll have based off of somebody's creation. I mean, and that's crazy, you know? Yeah. That's so, worth it. Yeah. That's totally worth it. You know? Um, what about music wise, man? You've been listening to anything? I've been like, I've been trying, but. I yeah. went to Riot Fest. I worked at Riot Fest. Oh, God, um, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I worked with uh, a buddy that's got his own printing company, Paul Bearer Press, uh, down in Austin. But he does awesome stuff, dude. Like, just great shirts. Like, shirts that we wish we would have had when we were younger, you know? Exorcist and uh, Necromantic shirts, you know? Like, stuff that's just scary stuff. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And he did. He was his first time at Riot Fest, but he... He did well. I mean, he made bank, you know, it was busy, uh, but it was cool. Like seeing kind of some of the older punk bands, you know, and, or hearing them. Uh, I got pumped to see Guar. Oh, um, damn. The only well, show I never got to see had tickets, but we got lost yeah. going there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it. different without, without odorous, yeah. you know, it's different, but yeah. it's like, it, it's still good. You know, it's a whole theatrical thing. Yeah, um, hell yeah. But like my chemical romance was there and it was like, I, it was kind of a guilty pleasure for me was my chemical romance because they were big when I was teaching like 2004, 2005. And it was always like, you could see those, uh, Gothic kind of punky kids, like really liked them. And I was like, okay, so this is their thing where that would have been my misfits or, or rancid or, you know, something right. like that back right. in the day that was like uh, a, a little bit bigger punk that wasn't so underground, but it still was kind of made it, you know, uh, more acceptable because it was, uh, you know, almost fashion, like fashion punk or whatever. Yeah. Um, but see my chemical romance. I was like, man, I, okay, I can get into this. Uh, misfits. We saw, um, we actually, we became friends with the guy who runs their social media, dancing social media. Oh, really? So, yeah. So my buddy Craig, who, who owns Paul Bear press got to go backstage and they ended up leaving with Jerry only's broken bass. <laughs> oh, did you so, put a picture of that up or something? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's dude, badass. No, like, dude, yeah. I spent a night with this bass. Like, <laughs> Hell yes. like I, I wanted to do stuff with that bass like people write about in like dirty French novels. You know, like I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I got I it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah. So I mean, my buddy and I were there and we were like we put our hair in devil locks, you know, we were, be, we were acting goofy, acting stupid, but good because we became friends with that guy, we we learned that Danzig likes Severin, you know, and Danzig oh, wow. owns a lot of Severin stuff. So we're like, well, give me a list. I'm going to fucking send them movies, you know, but like, I'm going to send them movies. Hell yes. Because it, 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 I'm responsible for giving Danzig a Christopher Lee box set. Like, that's pretty cool. That's a flex, you know, yeah, like this yeah. guy, like, yeah, I don't care any, whatever. Um, so we did that. And then now Danzig's is doing a misfit show reunion with circle jerks, which I think is awesome. Said so love. The oh, circle wow. Jerks. Yeah. That's gonna be cool. Dig it, uh, dig in it. Vegas. Yeah. In Vegas. And the guy's like, yeah, you want to go? And I'm like, wait, what, what does that mean? And he's like, well, I'll get you in. You can sit with the friends and family. And I'm like, wait, just because I gave Danzig some Blu-rays? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I want to go. So now you talk about adventures and being busy. That's I'm trying to figure out how to make that work, how to go to Vegas over New Year's Eve. Um, see if I can write it off as a business expense or something, you know? <laughs> well, well, holy yeah. shit, man. I could talk to you. I'm going to have to do this again. I'm about to run out of digital weird tape. but uh, Yeah, that's all right. Can, what do you do, about an hour? You do about yeah, an hour? Yeah, about an hour okay. th with this system I have now. Then eventually I have to like splice shit together. But it's, okay, uh, cool. But can cool. I get a hold of you again sometime maybe? Uh, yeah, absolutely, dude. This was fun. Yeah, oh, good, man. Sure. Thank you. That was, it was very good uh, getting to know you more, man. And keep doing yeah, exactly dude, I mean, what you're doing. You sound like from... a great teacher. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, dude. Uh, well, what else are you doing? I, I know the restaurant wasn't uh 
uh, is not around anymore or anything, but what else are you doing? Yeah, I'm just out here in Iowa uh, uh, with the wife and the kiddo, and we're just trying to figure shit out <laughs> out here hey, in corn man. country. <laughs> yeah, well, let me know, man, if I can help promote your uh, podcast or anything like that. If you got uh, stickers or promos or little flyers or something. Oh, thanks, we, man. We Yeah, we reach thousands of people on weekends constantly, and we can just put them into the bags. Um, to help promo stuff. And people love like people, podcasts are big. I'm not, you know, I've never really been a, uh, a, a like talk radio kind of person. Cause it reminds me of, like talk radio, but sometimes there's some podcasts that really kick ass and like get you into stuff that I really want to think about, you know, and the horror community really likes podcasts. So if I can help promote you in any way, uh, feel free to send me a message. I'll send you my address if you have stickers or anything like that. Or if you want me to Perfect, man. When you, when you publish this stuff, I can share it on social media. Severin can share it on their site since we talk about Severin and stuff like that. All right, man. I'll have to end it there really quick. I'm just going to stop.